With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stop doing is exactly what you should be doing. And I have not behaved one single day of my life. Not one day of my life have I behaved and I am fine. I need your help. I can't tell you what it is. You can never ask me about it later. And we're going to hurt some people. Which car are we going to take?
let me know in the comments if I sound any better. I apologize for all of that. Does it sound any better at all? Let me know. Alright. Thank you so much, Andreas, for staying with us. Uh, thank you also to Jim. Nope. It's still not that it's worse. Alright, I'm gonna have to see what's happening. Uh, hold on, stay on the channel, I'll be right back. What happened to my friend Nikki? Oh, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, I'm so much better. Hi. Oh my God, I apologize so much. I'm like, please, I need, a, I want to do the show today. Something was happening with my mic. I think it just, I didn't really actually do anything. I just restarted my computer. So okay. um, I hope that it was bad. I went and listened back to it just for a quick second. And oh. yeah, sorry guys. But thank you. I'm glad that it's all better. Kim, I was saying, actually, thank mm. you to you and oh, yeah. um, for doing the show. But I'm going to be expanding on one of the great conversations that you had. Okay. I am bringing on one of the co-founders of the drag camp. 
Love it. And I'm going to be, it is, it's going to happen in about five minutes or so. So don't go anywhere guys. Mm -hmm. Um, because you guys raised really great questions. I was listening back and this whole question about what is drag, Mm -hmm. right? Um, obviously this whole idea of gender, the kind of social construct of gender. But I also wanted to ask, and his name is Sean Ryan. I want to ask him, what are the questions the kids ask? What is the kid's reaction to all of this? I mean, I would make assumptions. I want to know if my assumptions are correct. But are there any kids that show up and have no idea what drag camp is? They just love to, you know, obviously dress up, kind of take part to act, but I want to really kind of scratch the surface a little deeper and see what it's all about. So again, Sean Ryan with the drag camp is the young actor theater camp in the Santa Cruz mountains. will be joining us in about five minutes or so. You so know what's really that. cool is when you have a discussion like this and then you see someone later in the comments in the, uh, the after hours comments pop right. in and say, Hey, I run that camp. And I really appreciated that conversation. Yes. And it was like, oh, that's so cool that, you know, you actually managed to find that we found each other. So right. that's good. Yeah, exactly. And I'm stoked because he actually, he did. He reached out. Somebody shared the link of, of the show. And again, was yeah. a great conversation. So we'll expand on that. Oh my God, there's so much news today. I don't know if I'm going to be able to fit it all in. You know, so we, ha- we had a special Nikki Maduro show party last night. I know. And I had just yes. missed it because we had <laughs> my son is a saxophone player now. And so mm. and uh, Kim, I was thinking of you because you're like, well, it's going to be like the clashing clarinets or anything. <laughs> the winter or the fall concert versus this spring one night and day. I mean, See it was we- actually pretty good. You I would measure have to the say. progress. This is great. Yeah. So um, obviously the big news from yesterday that uh, Kim and John Rothman came on, kind of did a little toast, was regarding Trump and the E. Jean Carroll verdict. Now, on one hand, it is so nice to see, you know, him at least beginning to be held accountable for the accusations against him. On the other hand, you know, he's going to appeal. You know, he loves to keep these things dragging in the court. So on one hand, I'm glad to see it. On the other hand, let's just wait and see. And but because of that verdict, does it surprise anybody that we're still treating him like a normal presidential candidate? He is having a town hall tonight on CNN. And it just, it, it, it concerns me because I feel like we're making the same mistake we made before. Treating this guy like he's not facing so like many charges. Like he's a legitimate candidate. Exactly. So I'm going to show you this. This is the CEO of Warner Brothers. Okay. Obviously uh, with CNN, uh, own CNN. And this is him responding to people questioning, like, what the hell? You're telling me that Trump is going to get his own town hall. And this is what he had to say. Former President Trump is going to be on CNN. Yeah, he should be. He should be. You, Look, when you we know, you've already gotten criticism. Remember what John Malone said, let's get some real journalists. Now you try to get some real journalists and you're getting hit CNN from the left has, for getting rid of, of CNN a CNN has the greatest journalists and the largest group of journalists in the world. In, in the Ukraine, Poland, and Russia, we have over 86 people on the ground. We're not, edit, we're not reporting from the desk. You see an opportunity desk, given what we, happened at some US of your competitors? is a divided government. Right. We right. need to hear both voices. That's what you see. Republicans are on the air on right. CNN. Democrats are on the MSNBC. All voices should be heard on David, CNN. suddenly MSNBC is is a real force to be reckoned with with some of the problems that, that Fox has had. Uh, is, is CNN going to fill a vacuum? There are a number of advocacy networks out there. Our focus <laughs> is to be a network about the, like us. The, to facts, the best right. version of the facts, as Carl right. Bernstein would say, 
great journalism, and not just politics either. But when we do politics, we need to represent so both sides. I feel like we're getting into this both sides thing, right? Well, yes, he is a presidential candidate. I'm not arguing that. He is. He's thrown his hat in the race. But I feel there's, again, this growing danger of, oh, no, it's fine that we have someone that has been found guilty of battery, right? It owes this woman millions of dollars for what he's done. And we're treating him like he's someone that can still run this country. It blows. Now, Caitlin Collins, a lot of people are giving her, you know, pre-praise that she's going to really stick it to him. She has the experience and what have you. I don't know, Kim, are you going to watch? Because I think that's what CNN cares about. Um, I would will watch because it's my, I mean, this is my thing, right? right. I'm, I'm interested in that. So I would watch regardless. But I feel like um, it's a great opportunity. Someone in the chat mentioned, oh, it's a look at giving a sexual predator a primetime special. I don't feel yes, like that. I mean, it I is. Think it's a good moment. You know, it, it's it's hard to interview him. And this is kind of an excuse to interview him. And if there aren't questions like, tell me what you think happened on January 6th. Were you behind it? Do you think you bore any responsibility for that? You know, tell me about what what just happened with E. Jean Carroll. Do you regret saying that she wasn't your type? How was it that you confused her for your, I mean, these questions, I want, I, I want them and, and I don't want him to be, you know, allowed to skate away with, you know, his typical answer and lie. I just worry like, okay, so Deidre says, I will watch to see if he makes a fool of himself. That's why we watched before. Yeah. That's why we watched when he got elected. Oh, what's Trump going to say? What's Trump? He knows it. And I just, I'm, I'm like you, Kim. Um, you know, I got, I got uh, some cheerleading stuff happening this evening, but I'm going to have my phone on me. And so it's definitely on one hand, I want to watch it. So I know what to talk about. So I know everything for tomorrow. On the other hand, it bothers me. Yeah. It bothers me because we're, we're again doing this thing where we're treating him like he's a normal freaking human being and he's not. No. He's not. He's a criminal. I firmly believe my opinion, but I mean, he's been found guilty. I mean, it was civilly, but he isn't worthy of it. And how are we supposed to really talk about issues and viable candidates if once again, he is sucking the air out of the room with his nonsense? Beth um, writes that, uh, yes, all voices, including a sexual predator. Does the conviction mean that his reputation is now in the mud and his his when was it not in the mud? Is when no longer valid. I mean, well, there are a lot of people out there who are like, you know, they weren't upset by the grab them by the pee. They weren't upset by January 6th. They're not going to be swayed by this verdict. And so there are a lot of people that are still interested in what he has to say. And I'm not no. I'm not saying that's a good thing, um, but it is what it is. You know, I think uh, I was on social media this morning. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. And there was this woman, and she was pointing the camera at her face, but you can hear two men talking behind her. And they were talking about the verdict, the Trump verdict. And and one guy is just saying, yeah, he's he said he didn't do it, but, you know, all he did was rape her. And then they both like what? started. Yeah, they were. And then they started laughing. No, that's the problem with the people that watch it. They actually don't care that he's no. a sexual predator. That is the truth that many people need to realize is there is a contingent of Americans who don't care. And Hillary Clinton was right. It's a basket of deplorables. It's not everybody. It's not even every Republican. It's not every conservative. But there is a basket of deplorables. She was she nailed it. And they take it as, you know, a, a, a pride that they've been called that by Hillary Clinton. Knock yourself out. If you consider yourself a deplorable, fine, own it. But understand what you're owning because Trump owns you. You think that you're, oh, I'm free. I'm not woke. No, you're in a cult. Call your parents. Get some help uh, because that's all it is. That's all it is. I mean, I kind of want to watch to see if Caitlin Collins rips him a new butthole, but I doubt it's going to happen. It's Carrie says it's shameful not watching it. Do you think that by watching it, we're somehow then saying we're supporting it? That if if no one watched it and then CNN realized, oh, there's no interest there's here. There's no money in Trump. Yeah, I definitely think that I mean, to are do we our doing part, a, we should Are we doing a disservice it. by saying that we'll watch? Is that... Thanks, Maybe this is what we should do. This is what we should do. Okay. And I know that you and I, we want to watch for the job sake, right? To talk mm -hmm. about it. We're talk show hosts, right? Uh, what if we instead just waited for those that had to watch it, do a recap? That way they don't get the ratings bump, right? right. Like that's, that's what they're going to look at. Trump's going to be like, oh, did you see the ratings I right. got? It was the most success. I'm saving CNN, you know? And it's not. Yeah. He just is the most outlandish things. And it's ridiculous. And but this is the party. I mean, this is the party of Trump being, you know, convicted civilly in the E. Jean Carroll case. And then you saw the headline about George Santos. He's yeah. been released. 13 charges. Yeah. But he's released yeah. on $500,000 bond. But yeah. he's a pathological liar that the Republican Party doesn't seem to care too much about. In the meantime, they are targeting groups that pose zero threat to the American public, um, you know, LGBTQ issues, drag shows. And I do want to get to him because he's waiting in the wings and to, to expand on a great conversation, Kim, that you had earlier. And I'd like to welcome Sean Ryan. There he is, hey. Sean. Uh, you are the co-founding director of Young Actors Theater Camp. Uh, you were sent the link to Kim's uh, talk because we didn't have you on, but she was bringing up this article about how the trolls were not going to be able to shut down this drag camp. So, Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for, I mean, it was one of the nicest surprises just to click on <laughs> the media yesterday that was just Kim just... I mean, 
just fighting the good fight. It just felt so yes. like the love that has poured in through every possible portal to us over the last two days has just been tremendous. <laughs> but this is now, great. was this the first time you guys had the drag camp? Well, so what's funny is, I don't know if it's funny, it's more interesting, is that this camp, um, Young Actress Theater Camp, has been running for almost 22 years now. And maybe two or three years in, one of the kids suggested, like, what if we do a drag night? And, like, boys could dress up like girls, girls could dress up like boys. We could dress up as more exaggerated versions of our genders. We dress up as unicorns, who cares? And we were like, let's do it. And so we've been doing drag at camp for 18 years. And then... Mm -hmm. All these different performers who either, you know, some performers have drag, ex- drag experience um, as drag queens. Some have it as actors. So, like, you know, they were in La Caja Fall. Or, like, I played a drag queen on the TV show Bones. You know, like, oh, I'm cool. But I know how to, like, access and uh, I know what building drag characters can do for your performance ability. So, we had done it for years. It's just interesting to me that because there was, like, a poster that was released, I think, in... I want to say in February and it had one image of one of our kids in drag at one of the drag shows, the, the right wing just went crazy. I mean, we were now it's a story, right? Isn't that so bizarre? And and it's what I find is very sad is that I like debate. I like conversation. I like when someone presents something to me and I'm able to be like, I had not considered that. Yes, that's being mature, right? Right. But when you approach, you know, a kids camp that's been around for 22 years that's offering the art of drag, and we phrase it from like Bugs Bunny to Lady Bunny, you know, Mm -hmm. Mrs. Doubtfire. It's been in our culture forever. Why aren't why why would we hide it? It doesn't make any sense. When we present that, there are so many people that are not just misinformed, but not informed. They do none of the research. And what was being fired back at us was stuff like pedophile and groomer. Grooming. And that's not that's, cool. That is not only not true, but I find that to be dangerous. Exactly. Like, it, it puts a target I, on your back. It puts a target. It's not okay. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to, we have to dispel that. And the minute we hear it, we have to kick it out yeah. because right. it's just, just because, not true. Just because I disagree with someone doesn't mean that I'm going to find the most harmful, hateful word yeah. and lay that allegation on them. I'm like, yeah. that's not fair. That's stupidity. Well, Sean, let me ask you what it's been around. Obviously, you've been doing this drag camp. It's just getting renewed attention because this is the latest issue that the GOP is kind of targeting. But within the camp, um, first off, what are some of the things that kids ask if they've never done drag before? What is the actual response from those that you are actually serving? Yeah, well, I think the way that the Art of Drag workshop um, that our genius Cassie Cristant founded and and works with. She's a, a, a cis woman, mother of three, uh, happened to have drag experience from her theater days in Chicago. And she just always related to like the over the side or over the top, um, you know, sized characters that she was able to create. So when she comes in, she's approaching it from a character base. So our kids are very interested in like, oh, wait, can what am I going to wear? Or what's my makeup going to be? Or what's my hair going to be? And we're like, wait, 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 let's start with who are you? Like, what do you want to um, explore? I think yesterday on the show, there was someone, one of your guests, Kim, that had such a great point of like, oh, my daughter played Sky Masterson in Guys. That was my Nikki's daughter. That was my child. Yes, exactly. And nobody ever thought that it was drag. No one's thinking about that. But I love that you mentioned, Sean, the question, who are you? And that I feel like when we talk about 
drag, when we talk about gender, people miss so much. It's, it's not, you tell me who I am. Give me space to tell you who I am. I know me the best. And the biggest, the biggest um, opportunity for growth that we have as a society is that if the question that is posed to you threatens you, just look at it, right? Yeah. So the, the fight before this was me being a gay man running a kid's camp, right? The fight was like, oh, are gay people, and I'm talking 15, 20 years ago with gay marriage, right. are gay people trying to influence our kids <clears throat> into being gay? And that I'm whole like, gay agenda thing. Yeah. It's not possible. The only thing on our agenda is Taco Tuesdays, by the way. That's <laughs> like the majority of the gay agenda is just making sure we make it to the local Mexican place on Tuesdays for tacos. But the truth is that if we look at the bigger question, I think the reason that people are um, nervous is because it is asking the question, who are you? What do you stand for? Um, how do you want to be the truest sense of yourself? And I think the arts in any way helps kids to explore that. And if a child at camp, you know, figures out that they are trans or non-binary or that they really want to be a drag queen, but they still feel like they are, the, you know, the cis person that they were born into the body of, that's great. That's great. You've discovered something. But we are never, like we tell parents, we don't push um, or teach sexuality or gender identification. Those well, are things, sorry, I was just gonna say really quickly, those are just things when you're in the community that you feel safe to think about. Right. So. And that's the thing someone in the chat just said is that grown-ups make it about sexuality. Kids are playing dress up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. How would you define drag to somebody that doesn't understand it? I mean, what do you say? Is it just, just like they were saying uh, before, an exaggeration? Is that a good way of doing it? What has worked for you in everyday life explaining it to people that don't get it? Yeah. For me, being um, a, cis, a cis gay male who I've probably played like six drag queens in my career as an actor, but um, I have never been a drag queen. I think it is one of the hardest things that you could possibly do. I remember the times that they had to put me into wardrobe and, and um, makeup, it was taking two and three and four hours. Wow. I mean, it's so intense. It's such an art form and it deserves to be revered. So I can't speak as a drag queen, but as an artist, I think drag is freedom of expression. Mm -hmm. And it, I think it's the freedom of expression that pushes past any known boundary of um, gender. It's, it's yeah. whatever you want it to be. Why do you think the the people against drag don't remember thing like uh, things like Robin Williams, The Birdcage? Um, all, what was it? Was it Too Wong Fu with Love? Remember that movie? Uh, I'm Patrick Swayze. What was it? Uh, Wesley Snipes and John Leguizamo. Nobody was doing any sort of protests when yeah. they were dressed up as drag. I mean, it's it has been in our history forever. I, if you, in your opinion. Why do you think drag, specifically drag, is being targeted in this way? Um, it's, yeah, this, is, this is 18 can of worms, but we'll peel back a little layer really quickly. <laughs> I do honestly believe that um, the, the first time that I witnessed this sort of distraction, um, which is what I think it is, was with gay marriage. And it was sort of like, look over here at what these horrible people are doing and please pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. who is destroying the world. So um, I, I know that that's a very like over the top sensationalized idea, but I really do believe it's just a distraction. It's to get people to look somewhere else other than at the people who are promising 
who, are, who have promised us real reform. Like we need help as a country. Why are you looking to Sunday brunch? Right. It doesn't. It, That's mean, not the biggest problem facing this country right now is his drag shows or drag queen story hour. Nothing at all. And, and guess what? If you don't like drag queen story hour and, and you don't want your kids to do that, don't, don't take them. There don't you go. go. It's that oh, easy. Problem it's solved. so easy. Okay. So Sean, um, how often are you going to be doing these drag camps? Uh, how can people, if they want to go, they want to experience it, they want to know more, when's it going to happen? Yeah, so every, every little bit of our programming is found on our website, which is youngactorstheatercamp.com. And we have um, everything from Dungeons and Dragons uh, workshops. We have writers workshops. We've got actors workshops. Cool. And of course the drag workshop. And we're doing it all summer. Um, at our overnight summer camp, and it is literally the most fun in the world. Um, I'm so sad that it's, it's not all over the like Bay it. Area. I know, well, right? I mean, don't you like God? How long is it to Santa Cruz again? Yeah, right, right. Well, <laughs> I'm closer. I'm closer. So that that works for me. The best part is most of our programming is overnight. So um, we're you know it's typical like old school summer camp, overnight camp, and um, and people come from all over the world. I mean, we have this summer we've got kids that are coming from China and from Thailand and from Russia and from Spain. Um, And then certainly all over the U S I would say about 70% of our campership each summer um, comes from like Nevada to Arizona. And then like as far over as Colorado, that's our, our major because we're all right here in this little area, but yeah. Can I I throw you a couple of questions before I let you go? I know you have to go, um, but I I have this one now to confirm West is asking is drag only dressing as female. Is it also females dressing as a man? I would say yes. Right. I mean, it's both. It goes always a thousand percent drag is um, expression. So it's, I love RuPaul's quote of like, you know, we're born in our birthday suit because even as I picked out this shirt today, do you know what I mean? We, we, right. we figure out how to do our hair. Everything is about presenting ourselves in a way that we feel comfortable with. And there is um, a large population of artists that feel comfortable um, putting on heels and a big wig and impersonating Dolly Parton. Yeah. I, that sounds like a good time to me. I mean, it's all no, dressed I mean, up at the end of the day. I think that's mostly what I learned yesterday from the conversation is the meaning of drag, which is not what I had always thought, which is not the idea of a large man in large heels and a big wig. That's mm-hmm. not drag. Mm-hmm. Drag, I think you actually told the uh, SF Gate that what drag is, is just the art of actor acting in an exaggerated fashion. Right. That's all. That's all. So when you take what it really means and you start thinking about the real meaning of the word, I think it really flips the script on, you know, what people are trying to do with the target. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and one of our viewers, John, is saying no one's protesting drag. They're protesting drag queen story hour being promoted to children, uh, claiming that we're making a straw man argument. I don't see the difference uh within that uh like you mentioned sean you don't have to go to drag queen story hour what is the harm with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That could possibly come from drag queens reading stories to children. 
Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, you know, of, of course, like everything that we do at our camp, I, I hope this goes without saying, is at a PG level, everything, not even just in the drag camp. Like if we're going to show the movie in the Heights and that has a PG 13 rating for some language, we run that by parents. Like we make sure our parents are informed and they're consenting to every single thing. But in terms of people being, you know, in this comment of saying that it's not about drag, it's about drag story hour. I, I don't see, you know, cis straight male Republican story hour. Who's going to read to our kids? Why are you so offended by it? Exactly. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it, it. the The question that I always have in my mind is go down the road of not accepting children, community members as they say they are versus not doing so, targeting them, telling them that they're not who they are, taking away their medical care, all of those things. The outcome to that is just sadness, anger, and sadly, so many times death versus just saying okay and accepting people. I just don't understand how people don't see the difference in that. It's, it's, you are a thousand percent correct. One of the things that came through during this whole, um, you know, sort of internet explosion of comments was someone saying, um, you know, the, the idea that, that they didn't want their children to be taught something. And, and I, and you know, the, the argument to that is we totally get it. You, you, you and your family get to decide where you stand yep. with this, but you just don't get to decide it for other families. That doesn't make any sense. And the fact of the matter is someone said, if an eight-year-old comes to you, this is not my opinion. I'm going to state that right away. This was a quote from a meme. It said, if an eight-year-old comes to you and feels they're in the wrong body, they have a mental, um, or the, the, their parent has a mental illness mm -hmm. and that it was somehow like the parent was projecting on the kid that they weren't mm -hmm. in the right body. Now here's where, where we really, cause you just touched on it, Nikki, we lose lives of young people. Yes. To this. The, the Roger, sorry, I got a little choked up. The Rogers and Hammerstein quote that is so important is you have to be carefully taught. You, kids don't wake up hating. Mm -hmm. they don't, they're not born hating anything. Mm -hmm. So as a, as a generation, you do not have to agree with anyone. In fact, with everyone. In fact, if we agreed with everyone, this would be quite a boring world. I love, like I said before, I love hearing other people's points, but just make sure that you're coming from a place of love as much as you can. And when people say like, you're not going to change people's minds. So just keep doing what you're doing and, and creating the change that you're going to create through this art form. Yes. I'm a, in wholeheartedness to that. But I do believe that if anyone out there who disagrees with me, here's one thing that anyone is saying, just come from a place of love. Yeah. It's yeah. a good person if you come from a place of love and not hate, because those kids need to learn that for the next generation and they need our support and they need to see that the world is behind them. Mm -hmm. so that's really where the damage is done. Well, I adore you. I love yeah. the work that you're doing. I think that the kids that go to your camp are so lucky. The parents that le let their kids yeah. go to your camp. I mean, I hope that they go to their neighborhoods and, and spread the word. Yeah. Uh, keep in touch with us, Sean. We enjoyed having you on the show. I have a sneaking suspicion the issue about drag isn't going away anytime soon. Yeah. So I'd love your perspective <laughs> again. But I appreciate you and much love to you and everything yeah. that you're doing. Thanks Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki and Kim. It was so great to get to talk yeah. to you. Have a great one. Bye-bye.
That was I awesome. Oh, uh, he's great. He's great. I if I I maybe I'll look into that because that's an overnight camp. So maybe yeah, maybe you can drive down. You My could drive down. That. We can have a slumber party. Sweet. Um, <laughs> we'll have a slumber party. The girls can go to theater camp. I'll have to see the dates. I had the link up and then I shut it down. But it's Young Actors Theater Camp, and they yeah. incorporate drag camp within it. But it's not the only thing that they do. So but fun. It's just, it's a great idea. And I just, I hope though that it expands outside the bubble that right. we live in because it does need to go to other places. I found this meme that I, I was amused by. I'm not going to worry about drag queens <laughs> unless I see one with an assault rifle. Pretty much. Nailed it. Doesn't that really tell the story? Like we're not worried about assault rifles or taking assault rifles right. out of the hands of the mentally ill or it's the you know, drag queens that are the threat the drag to us. Queens right. that's the problem. I mean, yeah. really like that's where our worry is going to be. That's like, the, somebody that's putting the... on extra makeup in a wig, but exactly. you're not worried about all the guns in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. It's, and it's so true, Kim, because the GOP knows that they're not going to be able to win on tackling real issues like an assault weapons ban or anything like that. So they're like, you know who we should target. The happiest people that aren't harming people in the world are <laughs> queens. Like, are you kidding me right now? The most fun, most joyful yeah. people. It's You're their such fault. party poopers. Yeah. I mean, my goodness gracious. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do some headlines. Um, coming up, though, I am going to talk about something. Oh, hold on, music. Wow. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about the migrants. Uh, Title 42 is ending tomorrow. Um. I'm really conflicted, Kim, on how I feel about this. On one hand, uh, President Biden has announced new rules that is going to limit asylum at the Mexico border. Okay. And he actually announces it's going to start tomorrow because that's supposed to be the end of Title 42. But he announces back in February. Everyone's acting like, oh, my God, oh, my God. No, Biden said he was going to do this. I'm never going to say it's too little too late because you have to keep working on problems. But I do believe that immigration reform is not a Biden failure. It's not a Democratic failure. It's not even a Republican failure. We as a country, because of our laws and what we stand for, have literally created this issue. Uh, We've created a country of opportunity. Uh, We've created a country where asylum is legal. It's legal to seek asylum in this country. And so when you have these things that are true and are laws and are allowed, and then you have massive problems happening in other countries that that leads to people wanting to flee those countries and come here, this is a problem of our own making, but it only works. Oh, the not solving the problem, I should say, only works for the Republican Party. If you think the Republican Party actually wants to solve immigration, you are sorely, sorely mistaken. So we'll get into that. You guys tell me if you were in charge and I want to talk in the realm of actual possibility. I don't want you to, I do not want to see the words close the border in the comments because that literally cannot happen. Like it is not feasible. So let's just stop. Okay. Let's just stop it right there. I don't want to see the phrase close the border. That's an easy response and it's not actually possible. Truly, do you want to get rid of asylum? Do you want to stop being a country in which people to flee? There's a repercussion to that internationally, uh, also morally, I would say. Um, Or do you like the idea of President Biden's new rules? Um, And we'll get into that. Also coming up, we're going to talk about the debt limit. Uh, Someone was mentioning on my social media platform on Facebook. 
you know, talking about the debt limit, how we're straddling all these kids or saddling all these kids with so much debt. Uh, but President Biden kind of stuck it to a reporter, I'll play the sound of it, who was trying to call him out on not doing enough to reduce the debt limit. And again, I think this is a problem that the GOP likes to say they're solving and they're not actually doing anything about it. All right. Uh, click that thumbs up button. All the, by the way, I haven't even told you guys during the show because we had audio problems at the beginning. Please click the thumbs up button right there. I want to give some shout outs when we come back to those uh, supporting us in the super chat because I really appreciate you all. But first, let's take a look at some headlines. Now from around the world to up your street, the Nikki Maduro Show presents News Czar Kim McAllister. And I love having Nikki Maduro back in the driver's seat. It is the best. Let's talk about George Santos, New York Congressman George Santos, out on bond, as Nikki mentioned, after pleading not guilty to federal charges. He was taken into custody Wednesday morning, that's this morning, on 13 counts, including fraud and money laundering. Prosecutors allege the Republican lawmaker misused campaign funds and fraudulently received COVID-19 unemployment benefits. At the same time, he was calling for the president to cancel said benefits. Uh, He's calling this, and maybe this will sound familiar to you. He's calling his indictment on federal charges a witch hunt. That's right. He says prosecutors should really be looking elsewhere. Here is what he has to say. You have Joe Biden's entire family receiving deposits from nine, nine family members receiving money from foreign from foreign destinations into their bank accounts. Yeah, it's always about what other people are doing, not what we're doing, right? The New York Republican was taken into custody Wednesday. Again, 13 federal charges. He's now out on bond. Santos says he has no plans to resign from Congress. He was pleaded not guilty to all charges. He faced pressure to resign since admitting to lying about his life story while running for office last year. This is a quite the circus they have uh, going on with this guy. And his vote is kind of important to Republicans. It comes down to different factions within the party. So it could be that they need his vote and that's why he's not being kicked to the curb. So it's uh, interesting what we're willing to tolerate there. President Biden claims extreme MAGA Republicans are holding the nation's economy hostage. Speaking in Valhalla, New York today, the president warned Americans of what's at stake if Congress fails to pass a debt ceiling hike and the U.S. defaults on its debt. The president said a default would result in the loss of 8 million jobs and the economy would fall into a recession. And as Nikki had mentioned, Title 42 expires tomorrow and border towns are bracing for the impact as the COVID era policy has been used to quickly turn back migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border. The White House says the border is secure. Republicans say the Biden administration has ignored this growing problem for years. So this is what we are left with. Another story, a birth control pill could soon be available This is over-the-counter for the first time ever. A panel of uh, FDA advisors voted today to recommend the birth control pill called O-Pill, O-P-I-L-L, O-Pill, be made available without a prescription, no requirement for the FDA to follow the recommendation of the advisory panel, so they don't have to do it. But the uh, the FDA panel says, yeah, let's, uh, let's make this happen. The man who allegedly slammed into a crowd of illegal immigrants in Texas was high on a cocktail of narcotics. Uh, And 
the hospital report now shows he had cocaine, marijuana, and Xanax in his system. George Alvarez remains jailed on $3.6 million bond. Eight people died in that attack. Former Saturday Night Live cast members showing their support for striking writers, Tina Fey, Seth Meyers, and Fred Armisen joined a rally at the Silver Cup Studios in Queens yesterday. Meantime, just a few days ago in Brooklyn, another SNL alum, Pete Davidson, showed his support by bringing pizza to striking workers. So this is something that is ongoing when you have um, the strike now into its second week and uh, support coming from all sides. And I don't know if you... uh, heard about this, but there is an unemployed California man working again after he left his job interview to rescue a baby in a runaway stroller. Ron Nesman was applying for a dishwashing job at an Applebee's near Los Angeles earlier this month when he noticed a baby stroller in the parking lot being pushed by high winds toward a busy street. A viral video shows the baby's great aunt, as we, I think, showed on the show, struggling to catch up with the runaway stroller when Nesman ran out and stopped it just as it was reaching the street. A few days later, Nesman got that job at Applebee's. And since the video went viral, he's reportedly been getting other job offers as well. So, yeah. yeah. That- um, I, I I have to apologize, I guess, publicly. I, I Somebody wrote me a really nasty email oh. because, again, when I first saw that that video you'll remember yeah it shocked me i thought when it was the mother i had no idea how how old this woman was it was the grandmother correct um and again i was just like kind of i would be moving more quickly so i've since apologized for this uh obviously she hurt herself or something happened but someone said that i was it was ageist for me to say this or something like that. It was, I was being discriminatory against the older people. I did not mean for it to come across that way. Just when you see a stroller going into traffic, you have a visceral reaction to something happening like that. My bad. I'm sorry. My bad. I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> I'm Kim McAllister on the Nikki Maduro Show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. All right. So uh, I have a bunch of thank yous, thank yous, and thank yous to give out right now. Andreas, you're always so very generous. Mm, uh, you so started nice. us off with a 20 bucks. And yes, my mic was a mess at the beginning. If you guys yeah. are just starting to listen to it, you heard it. Uh, Jim with a $10 super sticker. Jim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Calvin giving Andreas a shout oh. out with his $20 donation. Calvin, thank you. Uh, Beth, hoping that trembling is excised with $20. Yeah, my mic is better. I have no idea what the problem was. <laughs> Another you, huge Beth. support from Andreas with $10. Mwah, I adore you, Andreas. So nice. All, I adore all of you. You guys are so yeah. generous. I thank you, thank you, thank you. Wes with a $5 super sticker. You're the best. Thank you. Uh, Andreas with a confirmation that my microphone was fixed with a $10, $10 donation. <laughs> Deidre, thank you. Bumpy start, but I am here. Yes, indeed. Yep. I think my computer was just kind of working out the kinks. Thank you for that $25 yeah. donation. Yeah. Harry still celebrating Trump winning bigly <laughs> for the $10 donation. I love it. Less of the $5 super sticker. Another generous donation, guys. Yeah. $5 from Chris B. Glad to be working from home today to tune in. Awesome. Oh, it's always nice to work from home, Chris, isn't it? Yeah. And then Andreas, Nikki for president with a $20 donation. Oh, wow. 
even if it was $20 million, I wouldn't be president of the United States. That is a tough gig, Andreas, but I appreciate you so very much for being so generous on the show. You guys are great. Um, and again, we, we take the super chat donations. We are 100% crowdfunded. And if you can be a monthly subscriber, please, please do just yeah. go to the Nikki Maduro show.com. Our Patreon link is there as well as links to our PayPal and the monthly subscribers keep the lights on. And we appreciate you guys so very much. Cause I love having the conversations. I missed it. Um, you know, just, a, I, I don't talk too much about my job in San Francisco, although you guys know where I am, but yeah, doing straight news. It's great. It's, getting back into what I used to do for so many years, but I missed you guys. I miss news breaking and having these conversations. So yeah. let's get into it because like Kim mentioned in the news and I mentioned in the tease title 42 ends tomorrow. And this week, once it happens, there is going to be tens of thousands of migrants every single day is estimated crossing the border. That is not, <laughs> we can't, we can't keep, I don't want to use the word allow it because at, at one point it's technically legal for them to seek asylum here. On the other hand, they're not all seeking asylum. They're not. I was listening to an interview yesterday. They were talking to a, a, a gentleman that was on the other side, on the Mexico side of the border. Was he escaping gangs, violence? No. Uh, was he escaping, you know, something that was going to threaten his family? No. He straight up said it. I just want to come to the United States because I can get a better job here. And that's a valid desire, but then you need to go through the, the, the legal channels, right? Asylum. It, the way I believe asylum should be used is you're escaping. I always equate it to being in a burning building. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm in a burning building. Um, my country's going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, they're threatening my family, my children. I got to get out of here. I, they're, they're, they're coming for me. I got to leave. Help me. That's my view of seeking asylum. It is not, it's better over there. That is a desire and you need to go through legal avenues. Now let's go back to my analogy about a burning, burning building. Let's say my, my, my house is burning. And on one side of me is a house. It's a fine house. It's not on fire. I could jump into it and be safe. On the other side of me is another house, but it's a huge house and has all these fancy schmancy amenities. And I'd love to live in that house. Both houses I will be safe in. Okay. That's key. I have to be safe in them, but which one do I want to choose? And for a lot of people, they're saying they want to choose the fancy schmancy house. I want to go live in the mansion. Why would I want to live in, you know, uh, a one bedroom shack it's safe, but you know, it's not as nice. I want to live in the fancy schmancy house. And I feel like that this is the basis behind what President Biden is, is instituting which is basically, look, you can seek asylum here after you have tried to seek asylum in other safe countries, safe areas. So that's what he's going to do. You have to begin, or we are going to begin, denying asylum to anyone who shows up at the U.S.-Mexico border without first applying online or seeking protections in a country they have passed through. So basically, unless you're Mexican, you have to seek asylum in another country that you've walked through. And these people are obviously desperate. I'm not saying that the guy that wants to come to the United States for a better job uh, isn't willing to, you know, walk this long distance because his family's living in poverty. I'm not saying that the desire to have a better life isn't worth making the trek. What I am saying 
is it that person multiplied by tens of thousands of people is not sustainable for us as a country. And I've said this before. Yeah, this is a good question, Wes. What countries are considered safe in South America? Right. Great question. Now, depends on, on, on who you ask and where you go. And I mean, obviously, people visit South America. Uh, I'm sure there are safe. I'm, I do not know the politics of every single country in South America. But you know what I do know? South America cannot fit in the United States. That I do know. It's not sustainable. I would love it if we did. But yeah. what we need to do, which is what Republicans don't put any effort into doing, is the long game, the harder game when it comes to immigration reform. The reason why no president since Ronald Reagan has been able to pass meaningful immigration reform is because it's a very difficult thing to do. And it takes a long freaking time. It's not going to happen in a presidency, even two terms of a presidency. Why? Why won't it happen? Because it is hard to fundamentally change the politics within a country to keep its own people safe. It is fundamentally difficult to improve an economy in another country enough that they don't want to seek jobs in a future in your country. That is a hard thing to do. And the Republicans know it. And that's why they make it what the crux of one of their criticisms against Biden and any Democrat that's in power, because they know that their quote unquote solutions will never freaking happen. Shut the border, build a wall as if that's going to stop anything. No, they know that it's and I don't want to say it's unsolvable, but it's not easy to solve. It's not going to happen. It won't even happen within a decade, probably. And so it's easy. It's easy to look at President Biden and say you're doing nothing about immigration reform. But I'll be fair. I do think that knowing that tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people are heading into your country, your ass should have been at that border a lot more than once for four hours in El Paso. I think that is a valid criticism against the president of the United States, because that our president knows politically it does not serve him to go down there because you know what he's going to have to say is there's nothing I can do today that's going to stop that from coming. So what I understand is right now there's all of these people that are camping out along yeah. the border waiting for this to A end lot. tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be this influx of humanity they're going to need medical care. They're going to mm -hmm. need food. I mean, when you think about what's happening there at the border, they're, they've traveled a long way. They're likely exhausted, right? They have little or to no shelter. They're waiting for this moment of opportunity. And what's going to happen to them when they try to come across? Yep. You know, are they going to be met with violence? Are they going to be just immediately turned away? What What's the plan? And I feel like that's really what we don't know is what what's the plan here? Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing. It's you can try to put a Band-Aid on it. It's not going to stop people from coming here. They're escaping often horrific situations. Now, in addition to denying asylum to those that have not seeked asylum or sought asylum in other countries that they pass through, um, the U.S. will also or plans to open regional hubs around the hemisphere. Now, this yeah. is where migrants can go apply to the U.S., Canada, yeah. or Spain. Uh, they were uh, There were other hubs in Guatemala and, and Colombia. Um, 
So that can help kind of alleviate because, and I've mentioned this before when we talked about, you know, uh, Brownsville, Texas, El Paso, all of these border kind of towns, right? Um, unless you live there, it seems a very not you problem. Yeah. If I lived in El Paso, if I lived in Texas in a border in town Maca in Texas. McAllen, Texas. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Arizona, yeah. even Southern California, I would say, yeah. right? When you start seeing it day in and day out, um, even, you know, even those that have a heart seeing the shelters for these migrants overwhelmed by tens of thousands of people, um, just lined up against the street, you, you, you do begin to wonder what the hell is my country doing about it? That is a valid criticism. And I'm sorry, it does lie at the feet of president Biden because he's the president right now, but you're fooling yourself. If there was anything that he or Trump or Obama or everyone else before could do in one or two terms of president's a presidency that was going to make a difference. Well, it's geopolitical. It's, it's, it's it not seems, just the United States problem. It seems to me like on every restaurant window or uh, retail establishment, there's a sign that says help wanted. We know businesses have been closing because there's not enough workers. So does it not then seem like it's the perfect time to increase the number of people that we allow in? If we don't have enough workers, and we know that a lot of Americans won't take the jobs that are, you know, that are uh, minimum wage. So if we need more people to to run these places to work in order for them to for small businesses to stay open, then what's wrong with changing the rules? Yeah, well, because you have to have a consensus. And if yeah. there's anything that this Congress can't have over anything, I mean, I bet they can't even agree that up is up and down is down. They are so divided that they can't get anything passed, even if at the core they agree with it. Yeah. Um, and also you have to change people, the average person um, within these communities idea of open jobs and open positions and who should fill these jobs because that's the argument, right? Oh, these migrants are taking the jobs that Americans don't want. I don't see a bunch of people lining up to work the farms or do this job or do that job. Okay. But that also doesn't mean that they feel comfortable seeing, and I'm just going to say it bluntly, seeing too many Brown people take those jobs either. Oh, well look at this person. Now he has a job and he's never going to leave the country uh, because they feel like, who are who are these people is a question that are that's often asked by the GOP. We don't know who these people are. They're allowed into the country and Biden just lets them loose. Right. Well, <laughs> that is semi true. Now, there is a system in place where uh, they're given this kind of I don't know if it's an app or some sort of code where they have to come back within a certain amount of time. Uh, people don't like that. Um, one DHS official says that Biden is ordering the release of migrants into the U.S. with no way to track them. Now, I think Biden would obviously disagree with that. But how comfortable do you feel with letting migrants come to this country? That You could feel one way about that. But then also, where do they go after that? Where do they go? We have a hard time wanting our fellow Americans living in our communities, right? There's too many people. Shut the door. Now you want to let people that aren't Americans yet to come? That's a, that is a way of thinking that needs to change if there's actually going to be movement there. But uh, I don't see that happening. I just don't. And I, I, I know this is kind of a dark, bleak kind of outlook on it, but immigration reform has been an issue for so long because we just can't seem to solve it. 
We just can't seem to solve it. So again, I ask you, what would you do? What would you do to solve the immigration crisis in this country? I mean, because it is a crisis, especially if you live on these border towns. What are they supposed to do? They're running out of resources. President Biden visited once and he knew what's coming. Title 42 was always going to end tomorrow. So it's not as if this snuck up on him. And and I, I have to call out people where they should be called out. More needs to be done now. More needed to be done yesterday. We need, and he has, I mean, President Biden back in February, and, and I'm just looking at the fact sheet right now. Uh, he has put forth ideas to help with what is coming tomorrow. Uh, so again, like I mentioned, anybody who attempts to enter the United States without permission will be expelled. Um, they want to send a lot more people to the border towns to facilitate, uh, document, do the paperwork surrounding those trying to seek asylum. They're trying to open new legal pathways to other countries, uh, assist in other countries like Mexico and Central America, put resources to secure the border, disrupt criminal, criminal smuggling and support those border communities. Um, but do you think that there's a bunch of Republicans that are willing to sign on to this plan to give Biden any, even if it's a small win when it comes to this? Not at all. What do they say? They say, no, we need to shut the border. We need to shut the border. Um, no, we should not, Vilma. We should not build a wall. A wall is a ridiculous idea. It always was. Former President Trump even said it himself. He, he kind of... He crowdsourced it. <laughs> uh, oh, how's that sound? Build the wall. Oh, and it played. So he just kept saying it. And then it became like, oh, my God, he could not pull back from it at all. He can't build a wall and think that people won't get around. Well, Dude. There's a new legislation from uh, Republicans, I think, in the House that kind of resurrects this whole border wall building thing. Look, uh, if the Rio Grande can't stop people, if 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 people drown in it every single day and others still continue to cross. There is, you are talking about people that are desperate. You think a wall is going to stop them? No, no, it's not. I mean, then there's a, well, it could slow them down. A lot of things can slow things down, but that's not it. And, and I had mentioned this, I think the last uh, time I was on uh, the fentanyl crisis that the GOP loves to point to, they're smuggling people. The drugs are coming in the trucks, okay, going through our ports of entry. There is another place where we need to have more people, more staff, more security. Mario, excellent point, though. And I saw this earlier in the chat as well. Mario says the only solution is not offer jobs to undocumented people. People aspire to come here because there's always work waiting for them. Go after business owners that hire people under the table. You can't complain about illegal immigration or migrants coming for our jobs and then hire them a breath later because it's cheaper, right? So you don't have to pay health insurance. You got them by the short and curlies because they're not going to go and tell, you know, government officials that you're breaking the rules because then they'll be kicked out of the country. There is a financial incentive for business owners to hire migrants under the table. That, that's the problem. It's just, it's awful. It, it, and it's not fair. Um, yeah. 
Eric, you're absolutely right. A lot of people say that, but for some reason, they never go after the business owners, only the employees. There was that app. I forget what it was called where you're supposed to quickly be able to check somebody's social security number and everything like that to make sure that you were hiring the right people. I remember I was having a conversation with a, a conservative about this exact thing, and he was pointing down the shoes like, look at all that construction. Those construction workers, they're, they're illegal, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, did you call you know, the authorities? Oh, I don't, I don't want to get involved in all that. Okay, well, yeah. if you're not going to go after the construction company or the contractors that are hiring these people, then you don't really have a problem with it. You just want to be <laughs> racist. Now you just want to blame the person that made a difficult trek into this country just to make some money to support their family, but go, don't hurt the business owner. It keeps the whole system going around and around. E-Verify, Randy. Thank you. E-Verify was yeah. it. So yeah, um, we'll see what happens tomorrow. It's going to be plastered. It's going to be plastered all over your news. You are going to see a stream of people walking into the United States. It's, and, it's, and it's happening. They're just waiting. Title 42 will be lifted, and then they're allowed to come in. And we can't keep Title 42. Okay, that's not an option because that's COVID-based. That's public health emergency-based. And these GOP who want Title 42 to continue don't actually believe that COVID's a problem anymore, so you can't have it both ways. You can't say COVID's not a public health emergency and yet use the so-called public health emergency to keep people from coming into the country. We need a, we need a better plan, and it's not probably going to happen anytime soon. So, uh, and it sucks and it's not going to play well for president Biden. This is not going to play well for him leading into 2024. It's just not, um, I have time for this real quickly. I just want to do one more thing. Cause I want to move on in the second part of the show and talk about that BART poll, take it a little local and talk about public transportation. And I want you guys to tell me why you do or don't ride BART or any other public transportation or do you? Uh, but I wanted to play this because the debt limit debate also con uh, continues. That's another thing that's kind of on the president's neck. He gave a press conference today in front of a very welcoming crowd. Uh, I think it was at some college. And he was talking about the debt limit and what it would do and what it wouldn't do, right? Because the Republicans say, we've put forth a bill and President Biden won't talk to us about it and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, President Biden, and this, you know, you got to give... People that say that he's old, that, that's what this tweet, this, um, this video is attached to a tweet that says, and they say POTUS is too old, more like the media doesn't listen. So here it is. I want to show you this because it's important when we have debates about something to be fair. Yeah. What exactly are these politicians, some of them lifelong politicians actually saying you know, oh, just like build the wall. Okay, where are you going to build the wall? How are you going to build the wall? Whose land are you going to build it on? All of the, you know, devil in the detail things, politicians love to just skip over. So uh, watch this exchange between President Biden and a reporter. Okay. Let me go you and you and then over the camera. Speaker McCarthy said that he asked you numerous times if there was anywhere in the federal budget for cuts. He did not get an answer. So is there? I got a specific answer. I got a specific answer again today. But first, I, you didn't listen either. So why should I even answer the question? <laughs> I, we cut the deficit by 160 billion dollars, billion b i l l i o n dollars on the Medicare deal. We cut the deficit by raising the tax on people making uh, 55 corporations and made 40 billion dollars. 
15%, and the list goes on. So what he is proposing, is there any room for negotiation? Watch this. What's he proposing? Did he tell you? Did he, you he hear talked about no, 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 I'm not being facetious. Did he tell you what he's proposing? He, he was talking about the bill. Yeah, but what, what does it propose? Do you know? I'm not being a wise guy. You all are very, very important. People. I love what he does. Do that. you know what that bill cuts? There is a long list of things that it, it cuts. That no, no, it doesn't say. It says, does it say what it's going to cut? Or just say generically it's going to cut? Get the problem. You get the problem. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, there are some specifics. And some of these things you guys might support and some you might not. It limits federal spending. But on discretionary things like weapons programs, service member pay, grants for schools that serve low-income students, rental assistance for poor people, money to fund research on cancer, claws back COVID money, oh, it targets that $71 billion that Congress is providing the IRS to boost technology or upgrade technology and boost hiring. And Biden's like, I wonder why they don't want to do that, right? It would block the student loan relief, which is extremely popular in yeah. this country. It goes after renewables. Um, it, it would uh, repeal most of the tax breaks to boost production and consumption of clean energy. Um, it would go after SNAP or, or, or food, uh, uh, food stamp benefits. Yeah. These are the things. These are the things that the Republicans are putting forth in order to pay our bills. Okay. So that's the problem. Like, it's like, yeah, you're putting forth all these things that there's no way in hell that I could support. So they just want a clean bill. Like, let's just raise the limit to pay for the things that we passed. Now, do I do I agree with uh, someone that had reached out to me on Facebook about our national debt? Yes. But it's not that Biden has done it. It's not that Trump didn't do it, raise our national debt. I mean, stop acting, again, similar to immigration reform, like this isn't a problem that keeps getting passed down. Yeah. So just stop. Just stop already. But again, we'll see what happens. All right. Let's do some headlines with Kim McAllister. And then when we come back, uh, a poll was taken of BART riders about why they do or do not ride the trains because ridership is low. And yet at the same time, I think most people would agree that if we lost BART, it would be disastrous for not just public transportation, but how many people are on our roads? So you guys tell me in the comments, why do you or why do you not ride public transportation? What would it take for you to hop on a train or a bus instead of getting in your car? Uh, that's coming up on the Nikki Maduro Show. Now from around the world to up your street, the Nikki Maduro Show presents new czar Kim McAllister. And we will start with the renaming of the biggest military base in the world. It is now named for the late General Richard Cavazos, pictured here, he is the first Latino four-star general in U.S. history. Fort Cavazos, Texas, was renamed this week for the decorated veteran of the Korean and Vietnam Wars. It had been named for Confederate General John Bell Hood. So Fort Hood, Texas is now no longer. It is now Fort Cavazos, Texas. Former President Trump says CNN made him an offer he just couldn't refuse. 
is what he said. He's getting ready to sit down for a live town hall event on the network tonight. CNN says the offer they made was an opportunity for Trump to connect with the New Hampshire voters. House Republicans are accelerating their investigation into the Biden family business practices involving foreign governments. This uh, House Oversight Committee chairman, James Comer, said today that bank records show Hunter Biden courted uh, foreign business that correlated with President Biden's work as vice president during the Obama administration. That according to Comer, he accused the Biden family and their associates of receiving as much as $10 million from foreign nationals and their companies, including from China. The uh, allegations yet to be uh, corroborated. The Bay Area is leading the way when it comes to detecting COVID variants before they can spread. San Francisco International Airport is the first in the nation to test wastewater from international passengers. It'll be collected on arriving flights and then sent to a lab as part of a new program with the CDC. A manager at the biotech company being used says this will offer an early warning of what is coming into the country and moving around the globe as well. This is just, uh, you think, you know, the storms are over and we all move on, but there are a lot of people that can't. The fine people that have experienced the flooding in Pajaro in Santa Cruz County, the middle school there won't be reopening anytime soon, called Pajaro Middle School. District leaders sent a letter to families saying it will remain closed for the next school year as well. The campus is in need of massive renovation to repair flood damage from the levee break in March. Students at Ohlone Elementary and Hall District Elementary who are entering sixth grade will have to stay at their schools, while current sixth and seventh graders will continue to attend Lakeville Middle School, Lakeview Middle School, rather. So this is a a long-term problem for these kids who now have to either stay at their school or go to a different school. A Salinas football legend is being remembered. Joe Cap died Monday from complications of dementia. He is best known for leading the Minnesota Vikings to their first Super Bowl and the California Golden Bears to their last Rose Bowl. He later coached at Cal for five seasons. The 85-year-old was recently honored in the community of Salinas when the athletic field at El Sosal Middle School was renamed after him. Maybe you remember this story. This is a picture of Katie Sorensen. And she had accused a couple, wrongly, of trying to kidnap her children at a craft store, Michael's, in Petaluma. Well, now the couple that was wrongly accused of trying to kidnap the social media influencers' kids is being evicted from their home. Eddie and Sadie Martinez and their children were evicted from their home in East Petaluma May 2nd. That was less than a week after Sorensen was convicted of filing a false police report that named the couple as suspects in an attempted kidnapping uh, in December of 2020. The family is now staying at a local uh, motel while they try to find a new place to live. They have not said what led to their eviction, but a GoFundMe page is up for them and it has raised more than $10,000, I think, for that family. I know Tucker Carlson, we had this yesterday, Tucker Carlson is launching a new show on Twitter. Uh, So let's see if I can get a picture up for you guys. So this is happening on Twitter, but apparently Elon Musk says he hasn't 
signed any documents uh, stating as such. However, Ew, you former- did not need that picture, but okay. <laughs> oh, well, you, you didn't want that? You didn't want to see Tucker? Tuck- I was like, I was like, what is he going to show? I was like, oh, good. Okay. What is she no, going to make kidding. me look at? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, the former Fox News host said in a video posted on, on his account, the new show would be coming soon, but an exact date wasn't mentioned. He said not many platforms still allow free speech. Oh, shut the, up. The last big one left is Twitter. Oh, so he's not doing Truth Social? I mean, what's that say? I mean, I thought it was a big Trumper, so. Uh, Yeah, so Elon Musk says he hasn't signed him yet. And he also put out, Elon Musk, an invitation to Don Lemon, saying that he welcomes all opinions from both sides of the aisle. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm not going on Twitter to watch Tucker Carlson. I'm I'm not choosing to watch Tucker Carlson. I never did before, so I'm never going to do it now. Uh, He's trying (laughs) to stay relevant. Um, Do you think... In, you know, I know that we're on YouTube, but do you think that Twitter could be a place for shows? Because that's a change in how the platform is. I mean, you get snippets of things, but to actually host a show on there. Um, well, I think it, it it already is. I mean, it doesn't. It, isn't there the, you know, the Twitter. They have a platform for it. The Twitter well, they have the spaces. The, they have Twitter yeah. spaces, but that's just audio. And you could just do a podcast. Then they do have. You know, uh, they pair with some sports, so you can watch some snippets of sports on on Twitter. Um, I'm not quite sure if you could watch the whole entire thing without paying for it. But I know, for instance, when the Warriors were playing, I go on Twitter and I could watch kind of the little last five minutes or whatever's posted up there. But going there specifically to watch what the Tucker Carlson hour, uh, nah. I, I mean, know. maybe if you were a rabid fan, you would. Ew, that has something that better would, to do with your time. He's just—he's so full of crap. I just—you yeah. know—he—he he knows he is. His face yeah. gives it away. <laughs> it does. He think it's he a always lying looks like liar to laughing. Yes, yes, that's a lying liar thing. Absolutely. <laughs> well, speaking of Twitter, a man from the UK is pleading guilty to hacking Twitter. Joseph O'Connor was extradited from Spain late last month to face charges in New York City. The 2020 hack targeted about 130 high-profile accounts, including those of President Joe Biden and of uh, Twitter CEO Elon Musk. So there you have it. This, uh, lastly, is kind of a crazy story out of Lake County. There's a Lake County substitute teacher who is now facing child abuse charges for reportedly allowing a middle schooler to vape in class. The police say Jennifer Hale was arrested in connection to the incident last week at Eustis Middle School. The police report states Hale gave a seventh grader her e-cigarette after overhearing that he had wanted to use one. The substitute reportedly admitted to giving the student her vape, claiming she wanted to fit in. Oh, stop. District officials said she is no longer employed with them. You're the grown up in the room. What do you mean you want to fit in? You're not. This isn't making friend hour. That's, you you know, you want to fit in. You take you take your lesson plan, you put it to contemporary music that the kids are listening to, you come up with a cool handshake. That's how you get in with these kids. You do not give a child nicotine. Ew. No, no, no. 
I mean, can you imagine? I and wanted do, to do you fit in. Teacher? You know where you need to fit in, lady? You need to fit in in the teacher's lounge. Yeah, That's exactly. where you need to fit in. You don't need to fit in in the classroom. These how are old, not your friends. How old is the teacher? I don't know. Oh, because I was thinking, say. like, is it a new teacher and they just like, what, don't. Is she in her early 20s or something? Or you know, Not that that's I an excuse, know. but sometimes these no. new teachers are not really. And I, I, I know a lot of younger teachers. They're not like this, but who knows? She's not thinking. Not thinking at all. No, I can't believe it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was trying to look look it up. This isn't the only time this happened, though. It that happened... a teacher has given uh, a vape pen to a student? Yeah, yeah. And by the way, Lake County, I, I think of it as here, but this happened in Florida. So Lake County, it's Lake County, Florida. And oh Jennifer Hale, by the way, is 50, 50. years old. 50, 50 years old. She's 50. Yeah. She should know better. She should absolutely oh, yeah. know better. Anybody yeah. should know better. Anybody with a freaking. So she also offered the boy a hit off of her vape pen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? So this is the Nikki Maduro show and it is crowdfunded. And I will say that you can help us by going to the Nikki Maduro show.com yes. and checking out the Patreon and the PayPal links right there. And thank you to everyone who has uh, partaken of the super stickers, which are live here on YouTube. Absolutely. I'm Tim McAllister on the Nikki Maduro show. Have you partaken in giving us some of your money for the show? Please do. <laughs> please, please do. We really appreciate it all. Uh, the most latest one, Cheryl with a $20 super sticker, oh. Vilma with a $5 super sticker. You guys Roma. have been really generous today, and I appreciate yeah. it. Kim appreciates it. We love, love, love you guys. Um, but apparently, not a lot of people are loving BART. That's just not something that's happening. So there's a new survey out that was conducted by the Bay Area Council. And it's it's asking basically a simple question. Why aren't people writing BART anymore? I'm sure off the top of our head, we could come up with a number of reasons, but here's a little report. Uh, let me play just a little bit of it uh, from our friend from our friends at KTVU. Oh, here we go. According to the survey before 2020, BART was averaging around 400,000 riders per weekday. Now they're only averaging about 100 to 150,000 per weekday. Now comes the why. How come people aren't riding BART? Well, the thought has been that the shift from to working from home has kept commuters off of morning trains because they simply aren't going into the office. But these results point to something else, safety and cleanliness. Get this, the survey shows 45% of people are choosing not to ride BART because they don't think it's safe. You can, can, you can compare that to 19% of people who cited working from home or lack of commute as to why they aren't riding. 56% of people of riders say they knew someone who was a victim of a crime on BART. Now, the why. How, why will people ride it? What's going to make them start riding BART again? Well, according to this part of the survey, 72% of people say uh, having uniformed police officers would make them feel more safe on BART trains. Reporting live in Los so they want to see more cops on the trains. They don't feel safe on the train. So you guys let me know in the comments, do you ride BART or would you not even go there <laughs> if you were paid to? Mm-hmm. Um, LAX Paint says, or Lax Paint says, simply put, there are better options than BART. What other option besides obviously your car would you use? Uh, Caltrain? Um who was it? Somebody, uh, was it Wes? Some, one of you, I'm going to go back into the comments right now, was talking. Oh, yeah, it was Wes. Why didn't I ride BART when I was living there? A, didn't live close to a station in Bayview. Took too long to bus it. 
also didn't go to Sunnyvale where I worked. That's why I've never, I mean, I've ridden BART. It's always the biggest mm -hmm. joke because I'm a Bay Area girl once. I've ridden BART once and it was for work. Uh, Station X made me do a BART yeah. story. I hopped on BART to do the story. It is literally the only reason because I live in San Jose. Now, BART to San Jose, still not close enough to my house. Like Wes mentioned, I'd have to bus there. If I was truly not going to hop in my car at all, I'd have to bus it to the station and then go there. And then even if I was going to drive my car to the BART station, you have to get there early enough to get a parking spot, which can be a pain in the butt. Uh, Wes says it was also dirty. Oh, sorry. Which one did you want to put up? Oh, yeah, Eric. I don't ride BART because I don't go into the city much. When I do, I absolutely use BART over driving whenever I can, but I'm a big guy, so I'm not as worried about mm -hmm. safety. Mm, that's a good point. Would I feel comfortable riding BART every single day as a single short-statured woman? Again, I don't have a lot of experience with BART, so I don't have any of the negative baggage that some people probably may have with it. I don't have any experience you know, being harassed. Um Calvin says it would help. A lot of fair evaders would be prosecuted. Am I wrong, Kim, that I saw something in the news that they were redoing the turnstiles to, to make them higher so people couldn't jump over? Maybe that wasn't here. Maybe I that was in New York. That. Okay, yeah. maybe that was in New York. But I, I, I know I saw somewhere where they were changing, where it wasn't so easy to hop over. <laughs> but again, unless there's somebody enforcing it, if so, all somebody has to do is climb over and to hop over, yeah, they'll do it. They'll do it. So BART's not cheap, right? Um, and it there's a lot of stops along the way and safety, you right. know, and it doesn't take you to your destination. And oftentimes I had to be to work too early or to stay too late. And so for all these reasons, it just never made sense to me. I've taken it once or twice and it's nice to have it as an option. Right. But I, you know, when it takes you twice as long to get home, mm -hmm. then you have to ask yourself for, for convenience sake, when you've been gone from your kids all day, do you want to add that extra, no. whatever, 45 minutes of stopping and starting again? Mm -mm. No. Uh, Sherry Warren Art says, I ride BART once a week for work to downtown San Francisco. It's filthy. Can have oh. undesirable people bothering riders and soul sucking. Oh, no. So, okay, let me ask you this, Sherry. Does it just need a makeover? If you, if let's say, let me do this. If you hopped on a BART train and it was clean and there was a police officer there just standing there uh, in uniform, not one of these, you know, uh, you don't know that there's cops there, but there's cops there and not just cameras. Cause we know the last time the cameras were just dummy cameras anyway, they weren't even yeah. recording anything. So would that change your mind? Because there's also the PR problem that Bart has, right? Too many bad headlines about it that if you don't give it a chance, if there's nothing, okay, this week we are going to start having one uniformed officer on every bus at certain stops, right? Or at certain stations. Um, we are going to have, you know, kind of like those um, outdoor toilets <laughs> that are on the street. Bart trains are going to get a, a quick clean down uh, every so often, you know, Every day. Well, we promise once a day it's going to get swept through. I don't know. Once Somebody's going to be part of No, no, no. Well, when you think day. about it, you can't stop the train <laughs> to clean a head to toe, Kim, if you want to keep up the number of trains on the tracks. Well, so perhaps there needs to be a person who is, you know, assigned to, to each train or a couple of trains constantly getting off and on and cleaning as we go. Mm hmm. You know, you walk through, that one looks a little 
sketchy. Like, like how the flight attendants do on down. the plane. That's right. Exactly. Yes. Um, I I don't know how feasible that is when people are coming, getting on and off at all times. You know, it's hard enough for me to vacuum my house when my kids are watching TV and have them lift up their feet. Can you imagine trying <laughs> to deal with people coming on and off the damn bar train and trying to clean the floor? I mean, so, logistically, it's a nightmare. I recently told you a story about an acquaintance of mine who sat down next to a person that was dead on a bar train. Oh my God, it's haunted me this story. Thank you. What What we have here is major humanity happening. Right. You know, this is the human experience aboard the BART train. You've got people spitting. You've got Ugh. people, you know, puking. You've got people in, with, yes. Don't you have, hire Kim for your PR BART. <laughs> everything that you could imagine is happening on the BART train. You've got needles <laughs> dropping down. You've oh, got, geez. you know, kids with cookie crumbles. You've got the whole range. And so, yeah, uh, you need to get the people there. I'm not saying my car's any better. Mm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you have people car. puking and dying in your car. <laughs> I, you wouldn't believe what's going on in there. But I, but I feel like, you know, yes, you could do a better job at cleaning it up. And if you know that's happening, if you know that, <laughs> that, you know, life is being lived on the BART train, then you've got to clean it up. Right. Well, Murphy mentions the public transportation that I do use, which is Caltrain. Yeah. Uh, Murphy says, I take Caltrain to see the Giants, but the train goes right there. Exactly. So let's That's see. The beauty I mean, of it. there is light rail. I could. Per uh, so from right here, I'm not even far from the Caltrain station. Um, that's because it's in downtown, the Deerdon station, and you can just hop on. So it's not that bad. Um, and there's tons of parking. You're in downtown. Like, even if you weren't, like, in the parking lot, there's so much around there. You're right by the SAP center. There's tons of parking. And so Deerdon station, all the way. The last stop is Oracle. So it's it's so easy. And not that I'm an alcoholic or anything, but you could drink on the damn train. It's, yeah. it's nice. Um, I've never been harassed and I rode Caltrain regularly. I mean, when I worked in San Francisco, I did it a couple of times when I did my internship in San Francisco. Um, I love the fact that you can go upstairs and have your own single seat. You know, it's nice. And it's, but would clean. you ride it now commuting to the city or just does it take too long? With well, all the, stops the Caltrain the doesn't run the, the hours. Like if yeah. I was going to work the early morning, I could never take it at station X morning, working the morning yeah. show. It doesn't run at those times, which sucks. Yeah. Uh, I also want to catch the bullet train because the bullet train is the closest time wise, not counting getting to the station, but time wise in on the actual train to me driving. It's a, about an hour, maybe a little bit over. It could be two hours if I got the I'm stopping at every stop train. And I don't want to do that, even though I can decompress and I could read a book and I could do work and blah, blah, blah. I want to go home. I want to be home with my family. I don't want to be on a train. So that's my biggest thing. The biggest hurdle to getting me on any public transportation is to convince me it's easier and quicker than my car. Mm -hmm. That's it. And that, and that, I don't know a public transport. It's like in New York, the subway is it because it might not be the cleanest or the quietest or whatever, but it sure as hell gets you quicker. And that's what we don't have here. You're not getting me there that much quicker. So why the hell would I bother with all the rest of it? Um, now, for some people, obviously, BART is quicker, but not for enough. Uh, Randy says, I did take BART to Oakland A's game several times. Uh, we did Sherry already. 
Uh, David says BART was originally planned to ring the entire Bay Area. Santa Clara County opted out. Well, now it's moved in. It's still not enough. No. Um, here in the South Bay, we have light rail. I The last time I took light rail was when I was going to Levi Stadium. And it was convenient. It was crowded once you got closer to the stadium. But it wasn't bad. Um, but yeah, it's it just needs to be... It needs to be cleaner and faster and it needs to go everywhere. And that's expensive. It really, really is. I'll tell you, uh, this is going to make me sound awful. Oh, lay it on me. I sound awful all the time. Uh, because I know that it's good for the environment taking mass transit. I know it's better for traffic. You know, I know it's the right thing to do to get cars off the road, mm -hmm. but I have still in the recesses of my American mind, <laughs> That whole, like, I need to have my own vehicle. Yes. I want control over my own destiny. Yes. I don't want to be at someone else's, you know, mercy when it comes to, will the train show up? Will the train be late? How many times are we going to stop? When are you going to start going again already? I, I And I know that's not the what, right way to think. And I try really hard. I battle with that. But I like having my own space and my own car and I'm in control of the air. I don't want to talk to people either. I don't want to. Yeah. It's my space. And yes, mm -hmm. it's like my own little rolling house. As a matter of fact, I go and sit out there sometimes. <laughs> now, everybody in here can leave me alone. I just, I'm, I'll, you can find me in the driveway. No, I decompress in my lost. car. I'll tell you this. Now <laughs> that I've been driving back and forth to San Francisco again, although mm -hmm. I don't miss it, yeah. I do... I have realized that that was my space to do some of the things like I'm a huge podcast junkie. Uh, I listened to Kim doing this show on the way home from work yesterday. Oh, which, thank you which very is, much. I, I, I don't know how much you listen to our podcast, by the way, but it is really fun to listen to it instead of right. watching it. Okay. I have learned and I, if you're listening on the podcast, what we both need to do. We need to describe more of the things that we're seeing. Uh, oh, okay. Sometimes it's hard when you're in the yeah. like, well, I don't get to see that. So, uh, but it's interesting. And I loved getting that perspective, but I listen to podcasts all the time. Sometimes yeah. it's this show. Sometimes it's something educational. I have my favorites. Um, I love murder mystery type things. Yeah. And I missed it because now, I mean, I don't commute that much unless I'm going to San Francisco. So the yeah. 10 minutes that it takes me to get to whatever thing my kid's doing is not enough to binge a podcast. An hour, 15 minutes is. So I do miss that decompressing, but I love when people would be like, you should carpool. <laughs> I don't want anyone in my car either. And I, I'm, I'm joining you in the I'm a terrible person thing. Yeah. Oh, please. Because then I'm going to feel like we need to talk. And even yeah. if you say we don't need to talk, I'm still going to feel like we need to talk. Or I'm going to have to ask you if you like this podcast. Or I don't want to do that. I want it to be me time. Selfish me, only me time. So My, uh, my daughter has this too. So we're in this theater carpool. We have... Uh, practice all the time uh, every week she's in a show called Heathers mm -hmm. and so you know every uh, four days a week now and now with tech week it's big it's even more so I'm in this carpool with three other families and they will pick her up and take her if it's their assigned carpool day but she has told me I don't want to do that hmm. I want to come out of the school and get in our car it's a moment like a decompression yes. moment for her, almost like, you know, you, you get in the car and you don't have to, you kind of release. 
-hmm. right? Like you, you can kind of just let your guard down and be yourself for a minute and have that moment with family before you get dropped off at your activities. She doesn't want to still be on still be like, you know, not be able to I just... hear ya. So I get it. You know, there yeah. is something to that where, you know, you just want your own space. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I think they're going to have to do a big makeover. You know, uh, somebody needs to be brought in. They have to have a huge PR campaign that's going to take money. And without the ridership, Bart's going to have a hard time doing it. But I also think it is worthy of being saved because the other option, of course, is all of us car drivers are going to have a lot more company on the roads. Okay. We're going to do some quick headlines. And then to wrap up the show, it's the end of an era, but I feel like this era ended a long time ago. Um, how many of you watched a lot of MTV news that's coming up right after Kim's news now from around the world to up your street, the Nikki Maduro show presents news are Kim McAllister. I am Kim McAllister on the Nikki Maduro show. And uh, let's get right back to this guy. Why don't me? This is George Santos, of course. And this is a congressman who now remains defiant after his federal charges were announced. The New York Republican taken into custody Wednesday on 13 federal charges, among them wire fraud and money laundering. Santos has uh, been released on bond. He says he is innocent and he has no plans to resign from Congress. Right. He is such a liar. And now the latest thing that I read was that the treasurer that was like in charge of making all these payments might not even exist. The guy is a lying liar. Like he's oh, the worst liar. Nobody should believe anything that he says. They should throw his ass in prison. You know, I knew they were investigating and it, it, you know, they, it had been in the scheme of things, it's been a pretty short investigation. So, I mean, one can, assume that they uncovered some pretty oh he's so guilty he is so guilty yeah he's going to prison so one of them and this this is what i uh, a story from cnn so santos they say who is charged with fraudulently applying for covid related unemployment benefits is a co-sponsor of a bill that would help states recoup fraudulent covid unemployment <laughs> insurance benefits what he's you can't so, make this up he's pathological yeah. i mean it's he doesn't even see it Crazy. i feel like when he was running for Congress, Santos also publicly opposed pandemic-related unemployment benefits. Which he but benefited then you from. took them? So yeah. I don't understand. Fits uh, right into the Republican Party. Total hypocrite. He said in 2020, do I disagree with the $3 trillion that we have written into law? Wholeheartedly. Do I understand it was necessary because people were hurting under unprecedented pandemic conditions? Yes. I disagreed profusely at first with the payment, the unemployment benefit, the extended benefit, the stimulus, the socialism. That is socialism. And that's <laughs> everything I stand against. And then he turns around and takes the socialism. He's an idiot. He's a total Come on. I mean, wow. That's just a wowzer. As you had mentioned, uh, Republicans secure the border, they say, as Title 42 is set to end. New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik said the House will vote on the Secure the Border Act Thursday when Title 42 expires. Again, among the uh, the items in this bill and this act is the border wall. The White House issued a veto threat of the bill earlier this week, saying it would actually make elements of immigration system, our immigration system, even worse. So that's not something that uh, they are willing to support. 
And of course, the uh, debt limit, the U.S. debt, as you had just mentioned, Nikki, the discussion on this is coming to a, a make or break moment. If Congress fails to pass a debt ceiling, hiking the U.S. Uh, hike, uh, debt ceiling hike, rather, the U.S. defaults on its debt. That, according to President Biden, who today said a default would result in the loss of 8 million jobs and the economy would fall into recession. Now, Republicans say Biden needs to start cutting down America's 30 trillion plus debt. Congress needs to raise the debt limit before June. Um, yeah, uh, it's this is, you know, the, the discussion is ongoing today. They're meeting at the White House and apparently there's another meeting between Republicans and Democrats now set for Friday as well. So I guess what we can say is at least they're talking about it. At least there's that. Uh it looks like U.S. senators are introducing a bipartisan bill creating a COVID-19 commission. They say the legislation would be modeled on the 9-11 commission. It would look into the origins of the COVID pandemic, public health messaging, vaccine development and distribution, and the medical supply shortage. Okay. We should have had a COVID commission all along, it seems like to me. Elon Musk, as we had mentioned, is inviting Don Lemon to launch a new show on Twitter. The former CNN anchor was fired from the network last month. And again, Tucker Carlson, who was also ousted from Fox News, announced Tuesday he's planning to launch a new version of his show on Twitter. What I wonder is, is the platform of Twitter, is that comparable to the platforms that they had? Or are they going to find, no. you know, they have a much fewer, uh, many fewer uh, viewers? Happening. Well, of course, they, I mean, you, there is yeah. no way Tucker Carlson is going to get the viewership on Twitter that he ever got on Fox News. I mean, that's there's no realm of possibility that he will get even close to it. Now, you, if you count retweets, clip polls, things like that, perhaps the reach could be. But reach versus what you can monetize, which is the only reason why they do any of these things, mm -hmm. that's completely different. And so, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not playing a tiny violin for Tucker Carlson. <laughs> for all I care. You don't feel bad for him? No, oh. not I, mean, I, I not him, T Tucker, Bill O'Reilly, Donald Trump, all of them, they could just kick rocks and never exist, not die, just not exist in my realm of reality at all. Lastly, a former South Carolina corrections officer is facing a drug charge after she was she was caught trying to sneak a metal grill mouthpiece into prison. Why? You gotta be... <laughs> Wait, you styling? You got to have your grill in in prison? What are we doing over here? The Department of Corrections says 26-year-old Alkina uh, Uniger Hackett tried to hide the grill in her hair last week. Oh, that led authorities to search her car where they found, they say, nearly 130 grams of ro a rock-like substance that tested positive for fentanyl. She's been charged with trafficking fentanyl, providing prisoners with contraband and criminal conspiracy, all but, okay. because of the mouthpiece grill, which led was to the car Was she trying search. to see if she could, because that seems really stupid, right? Was she trying to see if she can get away with it to see what else she can get away with? Because if you're going to hide anything in your hair, hide the fentanyl, don't hide a grill that... I don't know if it was metal, like, like true metal that'll set off a metal detector, but well, maybe um, she had had success sneaking the fentanyl in with her hair before. So what the do you need a grill for? Like, 
What do you need it for? That's exactly right. I mean, I don't know what you need it outside of prison for either. I mean, it's styling, I guess. But um, even if you're a prisoner, you can't wear it. They're going to see it in your in your mouth. It's not a wet. I don't know. That that boggles my mind. That's a yeah. It's a very it's all, interesting one. It all boiled down to the mouthpiece, the grill, <laughs> the fancy grill. I'm Kim McAllister on the Nikki Maduro Show. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So yes, it is gone officially. Although I feel like it was gone a long, long time ago. And that, of course, is MTV News. How many of you? Did you ever watch MTV? Are you an MTV watcher at all, Kim? Were so you? I was when I was in, I, I saw MTV come on the air. Yes. I remember I was at my dad's house in Texas and I just happened to catch the first video they ever showed. Oh, and then I watched it in the 80s mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit in the 90s. And then it started becoming less about music and more oh, yeah. about all the reality shows. And that's oh, yeah. when I dropped out. I mean, you could yeah. call it like not MTV, you could call it ridiculousness. So I am still, I still watch MTV, but you're absolutely right. It's very much reality TV. So what do you watch Nikki on MTV? I like the challenges. If anybody still watches MTV, it's similar to kind of survivor ish, except they don't live out in the wild. They live in fancy schmancy mansions, but they do these challenges, which I think are funny. Um, but as far as news, it's just, it's just not happening. Uh, let me play you a little bit of a report with a bit of a history of the MTV news because it did, I mean, it won Peabody's, it won Emmys. It wasn't this, oh, fluffy type of thing. Video killed the radio star and now Paramount has killed MTV news. I remember that. I so remember that. Hi, I'm Kurt Loder with an MTV News Brief. President Bill Clinton. Correspondents like Kurt Loder gave young people an alternative to traditional news for 36 years. It wasn't just new music news. It covered the Iraq War, natural disasters. It won Emmys and Peabody Awards. Parent company Paramount says the MTV News closure is part of a 25% cut to its U.S. workforce. 25%. Kennedy, I don't know if you guys remember Kennedy. She was one yeah. of the, the news. She turned into a total right winger. So she's yeah. on, I think she's on Fox News or whatever. Uh, Kurt Loder, I mean, everyone's like, oh my God, Kurt Loder is so old. Kurt Loder looked old there, um, in my opinion. But he was definitely somebody that took news seriously on MTV. Um, you know, obviously the war, like she mentioned, uh, the Bill Clinton interview. I forget who it was. I don't know if it was Tabitha Sorensen, but one of them asked, do you wear boxers or briefs? And he's like, I can't believe he answered it, but I couldn't believe he's like, I can't believe you asked me that. Um, it just like brought Mar- younger people to the news. I used to like Martha Quinn. Yeah, I liked her too. Yeah. She's doing something. But anyways, um, it's the end of an era. But it makes me wonder who was really doing the news to begin with. And is this just another example of just where people get their news changing. I would even equate, and maybe it's a bit of a stretch, but MTV News, what it was back then, similar, although not exactly the same because they use comedians and they come at it from that direction, The Daily Show. I mean, yeah. uh, especially when Jon Stewart was on it, how many people would say over and over again, oh, I get my news from The Daily Show? Yeah. Even though there were the jokes and everything like that, they still yeah. covered it. They still, you know, they had commentary on it. They let people know what was going on. They just did it in a funny way, similar to MTV News. You're here for the music videos. We'll also give yeah. you some news. Um, and now it's, you can get news or your news that you want to hear in all kinds of places. 
Um, but did 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 they? Um, I don't know. Did they? I did they really cover and music videos anymore? Was it, on, oh, was it no. only just? I mean, when did well, that back stop? in the day it was. I mean, it was yeah. all music videos. That's why yeah. artists made videos. I right. remember. I mean, I think they still do. They have so don't judge me, but I do still watch MTV. So uh, I watch some of the they do the movie awards, and sometimes I watch that. I'm just a kid at heart, Kim. Just stop. But uh, they used the the music video awards, huge, huge. It was if you were into music and celebrities, it was the show to watch. But now they make videos, but I don't know who for maybe just for social media, because you don't see them on MTV anymore. Now there's MTV, there's MTV too. And they're both always showing ridiculousness. Um, let's see. Uh, what else do they, they have the challenges, uh, the, the real world type of thing, which I don't even know if they do the real world anymore. I think they just take characters. They do a lot of reality TV, which caveat on another story that's been happening, the writer strike. Did you see that Fox was saying, I don't think we're really going to be that much impacted by the writer yeah. strike because they do a lot of the unscripted yep. reality shows, which is if you want to insulate yourself from something like that, put that crap on television. People watch it. They love it. Uh, the Real Housewives, all those sorts of things that people hate. People still watch. I've I've um, I've made this disclosure and I'm not proud of it. But I have been watching that stupid show, Farmer Wants a Wife. It's so stupid. But I just, I love my brain dead television. I just do. I It's late at night. I don't need to like really farmer even look at it. Farmer Wants a Wife? Is he finding a wife? It's three farmers. Okay. <laughs> so stupid. And the farmers it's, are looking for love. They're looking. It's, it's the same. It's copy and paste, Kim. Yeah. It's just the farmer. And it's just like every other I want love show, except it's well, the funny part of it is, is, is all I do when I watch these shows is judge it. I mean, you guys know me by now. Yeah. I just watch it and I judge. I, I watch Survivor. I love Survivor. You want to know what I do most of the time that I'm watching Survivor? I would never want to do that. That's what I say over and over. I would never do that. I wouldn't want to be there. I wouldn't eat that. I wouldn't do that challenge. Like, I just judge the whole entire thing. With the farmers, they bring these. Some of them have farming experience, but they bring these women on. Some of them are city girls, right? They live in Nashville, but they don't like the, they're, they're wearing white, Kim, and they're cleaning, you know, stables. So <laughs> there's a bit, bit of a disconnect there. Yeah. But it's funny to watch these women out of their element try and follow with farmers, which I would say, or is it four farmers? I think it's one, two, three, might be four. I think it's three. Um, these farmers, especially one of them, they're not very forthcoming with their emotions. So it's a lot of. Yeah, I like you. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> this is just, but it's a train wreck. I can't stop watching. But that is a way if you're going to put on a TV show where you don't need writers, you just look to the public. They will fill that gap till the cows come home to use a. Oh, look. See, I'm not the only one. See? Terabyte MC, I'm watching it too. Oh, look at you have company. <laughs> oh, yes. LAX Pay. I watch Flavor of Love with Flavor Flav. I watch all the crap TV. You guys probably can't put too much up. <laughs> I at least haven't given a shot. Beauty are and you, the Geek. I don't know if I've seen that. Are you uh, did watching you all these shows now that you cut your cable cord? Well, you know what's funny is the reason why I watch Farmer Wants a Wife is because I put it on one of my like save thing so it keeps popping up so that's oh, what okay. also keeps me watching it yeah. um 
I'm okay. Here's another thing. Just because you brought up the the cutting of the cable, we yeah. just bought a smart TV. So okay. I've never had a smart TV that has all the apps on the bottom. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I'm going to be watching. I don't know if I'm going to be watching more. We literally got it two days ago. So mm -hmm. I haven't really watched a lot of TV because we were gone last night. But it, I might I might be watching more crap TV. 90 Day Fiance. I've tried. It, it's not finance. It's fiance. I get what you're saying. I've tried that show. I've watched a couple of episodes. I'm telling you people. I watch a lot of terrible television, a lot. I do my due diligence so you don't have to. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It definitely is. Uh, Roku, Vivo. Oh, for the music. I, I'm saying Vivo has music videos if you guys are wondering about that. Oh. So yeah, there you go. Well, I'm going to squeeze these stories in under our pop culture umbrella because a number of you sent me this. Did you see that Robert De Niro is uh, have had had a seventh baby? And he is 79 years old. I mean, more power to you, Robert, for, you know, being able to, you know, no, do what you're going to die soon and you're not going to be able to raise this baby. They're never going to know you. Oh, they'll. Do you know how many movies there are? <laughs> I'm just saying that tongue in cheek. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, he's 79 years old. And he actually, and nobody really knew that the baby was born because who's following Robert Redford's or Robert De Niro's, uh, births you would think right. that he'd be done by now apparently yeah. the rumor the rumor is he had the seventh child with his rumored girlfriend tiffany chen who he met on the set of the intern remember that movie the intern mm -hmm. and so that is i think i did i bring up a picture i think i did here where is it oh, so no, his, old, it his oldest child is 51 that's how would you feel as if you're zero <laughs> If your dad, you're 70, like, so my dad's 80, what year are we in? He's, he's going to be 83 this year. If he came to me and said, and my mom wasn't around, obviously I'm having another baby. I would have thought he was off his rocker. I mean, and there's never too old, but he's rich. I'm sure the child's going to be taking. Yeah, exactly. I'm he sure does the have the money to take care of the child. I'm sure the child will be fine, but Will the child be emotionally fine? The child won't have a daddy. I mean, I guess the, one could argue that there is every op chance that Robert De Niro could live to be 100. So maybe that child that will happen. for 20 years have a dad. However, he's not going to be probably in sh the, the condition to go out and throw the ball around in the front yard with the kid ah. or to, you know, teach the kid how to ride a bike or all these other things when you're in your 90s trying to, to do these things. I I don't know. I just yeah. think it's, it's, I don't think it's really in the best interest of a child. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, well, our friend Kim had posted a comment under it. You know, um, what did she say? She said something to, to the effect of women's eggs shouldn't age at 40 or, you know, mm -hmm. age out, I guess, at 40, but men can still have kids yeah. well into the 70s, yeah. 80s, 90s. It, it doesn't seem fair because our yeah. options are limited because our eggs are limited and the age right. of them are, are limited. Yeah. Um, yeah. Heather says it's basically a sperm donor situation. I mean, I don't want to yeah. hate on them. You know, if they get along, apparently they've been together for a couple of years. So it's not like this is a fly by your seat type of relationship. You do have to wonder why are you dating Robert De Niro? I, I don't know. I don't yeah. want to be ageist. I, I know age is just a number. If they're two consenting adults yeah. and they, they connect on a certain level, well, more power and to you. If she's of childbearing age, then she has to know that when she has this baby, she knows how old he is. And she yeah. knows what this means. That there's a, a, a likely chance that she'll be raising this child alone. 
Yeah. That well, uh, yeah, um, yeah, obviously. Uh John says my father was 51 when he had me. And when I was in my teens and friends would see my father, they thought it was my grandfather. Yeah. Well, but I, I think parents are getting older now. You know, there's a right. there's a group of parents that are still really young. I I got when I was I think it was Jacob was going into kindergarten. There was a group of moms that were standing around talking, getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. And one of them said she was like born in the eighties and it had been like, you know, <laughs> I think I was a teenager or something or, or she's no, she was born in like 91 or something. And I, at that point I was out of high school and it was like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm a contemporary with this person, but we have, we are decades yeah. apart. Yes. Like there is nothing between us. I mean, we, uh, it's very interesting, but yeah. there's a lot of parents that are older now. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of people that are doing that. So when you say your dad had you in his fifties, I, I could see people back then saying he was your grandpa. Now that seems to be normal. Yeah. Women having babies in their early forties. Well, yeah, because my about, parents are older, and sometimes yeah. my, the, they're the same age as some of my kids' friends' parents. Right. And it's it's. But, but we're talking here not about that. We're talking about an eighty-year-old man. Brand new baby, changing Brand diapers. Why well, not changing any You know, that's quite you know, a different situation. Really. Exactly. I know. Yeah. Uh, George Burns had this childbearing fashion. Uh, Susan says, I heard that older men contribute to children that could have problems, not just an older woman's problem that have medical issues. That's inter right. an interesting take. Like, you know, is it even safe for men to have children this old? I mean, your sperm. You know, it's not the same as eggs, but there is an argument that, you know, what are you doing? And again, I think, honestly, your argument about they're not going to be around. Mm -hmm. Is there just a point where men themselves should say, you know, I'm done. done. I'm yeah. done. I want to take care of the children I have and welcome their grandchildren. You know, it's not like yeah. you have to. I bet you he didn't think he was. I bet he thought he was maybe shooting blanks or something. Right. You think he's really think trying so. to have children? I think so. I do. I yeah. think there's an ego there and that, you know, you can take care of them after your death because you're leaving this money behind. Yeah. <laughs> I love Pamela says old men having babies is gross. Call me ageist. I'm 68. <laughs> That's funny. Hold on. There was another one. 70 is the new 40. I love that one. And then someone said, oh, where was it? I'd rather have an 80 year old dad than an 18 year old dad. Interesting. Possibly. Possibly. Hmm. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, Chris said, I'd rather have an 80-year-old dad than an 18-year-old father. I mean, it matters. Uh, an 18-year-old's going to run around with you. An 80-year-old, yeah. if you're Robert De Niro, definitely has the finances to take care of you. Um, okay, so coming up this week on Friday, I am 90%, we, we almost nailed it, 90% sure Loretta Lynch is going to come back on the Ooh, show. We're going to talk about PG&E, yeah. uh, that whole fixed rate plan, how we're then going to get higher bills and everything like that so she'll break that whole thing down we're just trying to nail down the time because she's actually out of california right now um also i'm trying to reach out to emily hoven talk about california housing where governor newsom is falling on that so that is all coming up uh yes i have not still i got an email i still have not made my cheese filled coffee crumb cake i don't know man uh, i've been really busy i might i might make another attempt at it I still have all that that crumble that I made in my With fridge. With cheese this time? Yeah. 
I'll try to make the dough. But let me give some shout outs, you guys. Before we end the show, will you please click that thumbs up button? It helps us out. It helps us with YouTube. The Super Chat is live. So let me give some big old thank yous because you guys have been generous today. So nice. Yeah. Deidre had to leave early, but she donated $10 before she left. Thank you so much. Vilma with $5. Cheryl with $20. Andreas, multiple donations to our Super Chat. 20 bucks from Andreas. Chris chipped in five bucks, as did Wes. Harry came in with $10. Deidre again with $25. You're awesome. Yeah. Another Andreas, $10. $5 from Wes again. Andreas with another 10. Beth came in with a $20 donation to our super chat. And so did Calvin Wong. Thank you, Calvin. I appreciate you so much. Jim came in with a $10 super sticker. And Andreas started us off with a $20 dollar donation i fixed my mic thank goodness because i missed you guys oh so very much um i will be here the rest of the week but again a big thank you to kim McAllister holding down the ship while i was gone and yeah as i work in san francisco the days that i'm on will change but just know i will be here when i am not up there all right you guys i love you all so much and we will talk again tomorrow bye-bye Nikki, you're all so awesome, you sprout, like a beautiful blossom, you're all so the best, I really can't rest, you're all so awesome. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs>